the only podcast that schedules regular breaks for everyone's mental health. This is Bombers. Welcome to another episode of the Bombers Podcast. I am Bomber Number Five, Anthony, aka Deg, joined by Bomber Number Three, Zyber, aka Zyber. Hello. How you doing today, Zyber? I'm doing good now that I have a steaming hot bowl of tortellini on my desk. Tortellini. What kind of tortellini do you got there? I like the five cheese blend from Ooh. Sam's Club. Good choice. Always got to get as many types of cheeses as possible in with your pasta. And there's shredded chicken in it. So are you going to give us a, a short, quick, impromptu drinks and foods with your tortellini? Yes. So if you go to Sam's Club, get tortellini, make it with some pasta sauce and shredded chicken that has some kind of spice blend <laughs> baked on it, whatever Haley makes, Haley, my wife, makes. Humble brag. And then put the bunch of uh, grated parmesan on top, then you got a good tortellini. So it's yum. The chicken itself is is an additive. It's not part of the whatever you bought at Sam's Club. It was something else you bought at Sam's Club. Yeah, about every two weeks or so, we just get a bunch of uh, oven roast or the skinless chicken breasts, and then we cook them and then put them into different things. Nice. That's very good choice. I approve. Mm-hmm. Especially if and it turns out... Like... Mouthful of chicken. And then <laughs> we're all like, uh, oh crap, we have chicken in the fridge we still need to use. I've, I've, I have been there. Oh no, I forgot about this food. Oh, currently we have a ton of leftovers in our fridge of things. We'll make a soup, and then we're all like, oh, now we gotta eat soup for the next, like, three days. Yeah, you gotta go with leftover soup when it comes to it. I like soup. It's soup season now, so it's not too bad to have those leftovers. It is. Haley recently made uh, the Olive Garden... What was it? It's not Chicken Doki. That's the one I like making. I like that one a lot. But... Uh, (laughs) I don't remember. It has kale in it, but it was pretty good. Hmm. I mean, I'd probably eat it, even with the kale. Nah, kale's not, not that bad. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just messing. No, kale's good. Yeah, I always hate the going to grocery stores and seeing like going through the salad section and it's just like romaine lettuce, iceberg lettuce, 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 lettuce. Give me some good stuff. leafy greens, not just yeah. Le- I'll see it mixed greens, and it still has lettuce in the mixed greens. Yeah. Uh. At least it's mixed in with the things and not just straight up gross iceberg lettuce in a bag. Yeah, well, when lettuce makes you gag. (laughs) You notice. (laughs) Yeah. Darn sensory stuff. Well, let's make the audience gag by doing the Bombastic News. All right. Well, audience, for your pleasure, I will just say that you can go to our website. This is Bombers.com where you can find out all about our Discord, our YouTube channel, where we post our podcast and edited Twitch streams. By the way, we do have a Twitch where we play video games. And finally, you can go to our Patreon if you want to enjoy us and give us money and become our 
friend, best friend, executive, bomb deucer, acquaintance, any one of those. Uh, Shoutouts to our current best friend, Rob, and our friends, Haley, Aaron, and Reaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks like there's actually one other thing on here. Is it the uh, acquaintances? No, well, yeah, I guess we can say hello, acquaintances. Thank you for your support. <laughs> uh, looks like there's a word. It's uh, Haitian? No, no, no. Try you read it. You got to squint a little harder. Now I now I can't see. <laughs> okay, squint less hard. Oh, hiatus. There is that how it's pronounced? Is. Yeah, that's it. You got it. Uh, yep. It is. It is time for us to take our annual break. Yep. For as, our... as the uh, opening line hinted at, regular breaks for everyone's mental health. Yeah, so, you know, holidays, busy seasons. Who wants to sit around and listen to us talk when they could be with family, friends, fire with the roasted nuts or whatever? Go get Trust some eggnog. Have some fun. Listen to some music. Oh, man. Now I really want eggnog. Thanks, Cyber. I still have eggnog in the fridge. I, ch- I went grocery shopping this past weekend and could not find any eggnog in the entire store, which is very <laughs> frustrating because I bought eggnog a week before that. And it, I found, I, it was gone. I found pumpkin eggnog last Ooh. week or two weeks ago, one of those. How was it, that? It didn't really taste much pumpkin, actually. Hmm. Well, eggnog's got that strong nog flavor to it already. It does. But like, also, by the time I found it, I already had regular eggnog, too. I remember a few years ago, I found the pumpkin earlier because, you know, pumpkin season. So yep. I, I was disappointed that I had to wait until regular eggnog season to find it. Yeah, because at that point, I just want regular eggnog. Yeah. I need to attempt making some homemade eggnog. I've always been kind of uh, scared to do that because of the because egg eggs. part of the eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I do Speaking like. Of... Oh. oh, go ahead. I was going to say I do like mulling my own cider. However, mm. that does that, sound good. That is good. Yeah, especially now that you know days are getting shorter, weather's getting colder. A nice mug of steamy mulled cider. Mm. Perfect. That's good. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of being afraid to eat raw things or whatever, uh, Haley and I went to a sushi making class just oh. a few nights ago. It was uh, one of my birthday presents from her. That's and cool. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. So I had attempted to make sushi because we have the the bamboo roll and all that stuff. <clears throat> right. Epic failure. <laughs> it, they turned into <laughs> poke bowls. I just put them into a bowl and ate them with a fork instead. <laughs> At least you so, still got to eat it, right? <laughs> yeah. So this class, uh, it taught me what I did wrong. Turns out that the nori or seaweed that you get, you actually want to cut off uh, a section of it because otherwise it's just too much to roll up. Um, and then the bamboo roll that you use to roll up the sushi... You're supposed to put saran wrap around it. And well, when I did it, I just put saran wrap around one side. It turns out that they like saran wrap the whole thing. So that's just a saran wrap roll instead, basically. It keeps it together better, I guess. Yeah. So then you don't have to work, you know, mess with the saran wrap coming off of it. Uh, And then they showed me the proper technique of rolling it. And after you roll it, you then like 
uh, take the two sides of the bamboo sheet and you just like move them up and down so that you're like shimming the sushi in between it to tighten it more. Oh. And then <laughs> the hardest part actually is cutting it. You gotta, you gotta always have the knife cleaned after you slice into it like once or twice and then you gotta wet the knife before you slice it in order to keep stuff from sticking to it and keep yourself from just smushing the roll down with the knife that makes sense with the stickiness of the rice yeah they also told us where to find like uh sushi grated fish which was something i did not know where to find so very happy for that do you have a local supply around that you can do that then yeah, there's a seafood store, which hilariously, uh, the night before, I was with my parents and explained we were doing this and saying how hopefully they say where to find the seafood. And they go, oh, you just need to go to this one store, probably. And then that ended up being the, the store that the uh, place told us to go to also. So I'm just like, wow, my parents were right. Yeah, should have been listening to them the whole time. Well, it was, <laughs> it was the night before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not going to just roll out to the store the night before to check it out huh yeah so they taught us how to do two different kinds of rolls one where the the seaweed is on the outside and one where the rice is on the outside i definitely prefer where the rice is on the outside and it's like not actually any harder doing one or the other you just really you put the rice onto the seaweed and then the rice is so sticky that you can just flip the seaweed around and no rice comes off that's wild i got it is really sticky i made um over the summer, I made some onigiri uh, rice balls. Uh, I did that too. That that's fun, but it's mm-hmm. also kind of a lot easier than rolling, you know, sushi rolls. You just sort of smack it together and form it in your hand. Yeah, except my hands don't know how to form a triangle, so. Uh, yeah, no, that's the hardest part: making an actual triangle. Ball, the ball shape, yeah, sure, whatever, got that down. <laughs> triangle shape, not so much. And then they even had a frying station so we can make some fried sushi. And it was so wonderful. It just makes the rice around it a nice golden brown crispy. And it somewhat heats up the stuff in the middle. But like, you know, there was we had cream cheese in our sushi and it was still a solid thing when we were eating it. So what did they do to actually fry it? Like, is that a thing that you could replicate at home? Or was there some special something or another to it? So they used uh, some kind of beer as the liquid. Uh, they had a gluten-free person that was in the class, so they gave him a gluten-free version. <clears throat> and then it's just uh, you know, just a normal flour and whatever cream stuff <laughs> I don't normally fry. <laughs> but yeah, it is a normal thing that you can, if you have some, you know, if you have a way to fry things and you're good i asked them if there's a way to air fry they looked at me like i was insane (laughs) yeah you wouldn't air fry that i mean i've done just simple pan frying where you just put a thin layer of like vegetable oil or whatever and dunk. yeah in this case it it was a deep fry so yeah i gotcha yeah i like to do um with uh fried green tomatoes you you know you dip it in Mm. a little bit of like buttermilk or even regular milk dip it in a little bit of flour with you know garlic salt or whatever and then just toss it in a thin layer of heated oil let it cook flip it over let it cook done take a fork and knife to it well after the class actually i looked up if anyone has tried air frying sushi and they have instead of the flour and such it was just uh well initially flour and then an egg and then panko and then they air fried it 
Interesting. I, yes. Yeah, I mean, pe- Panko's the way to go for anything like that, clearly. So, so yeah, like, Haley and I are excited to try rolling our own sushi. She wants to do a sushi night. I'm just like, well, just so you know, not all of our friends actually like sushi. But... And I like sushi. Well, like, they even had, outside of the tuna salmon and spicy salmon, they also had chicken tenders as an option. (laughs) And so Haley's last roll was uh, chicken tenders, cream cheese, and french fries, and then she fried it. How did that turn out? She really liked it. She used a teriyaki sauce. She used a dribble on top. Uh, My favorite one... Uh, it was uh, spicy salmon with uh, cream cheese, avocado, and mango, and Ooh. then I fried uh, fried that, and then they had uh, spicy mayo sauce. That one I would definitely eat. Oh, yeah. Although you, you got to be so careful good. with mango because some people have some pretty bad mango allergies too. Yeah, I'm just like, man, I like the spread was so good. The only issue is that I would not want to make that spread because I don't want to deal with. Cutting up a mango and an avocado. Nah, it's too much work with the pits and avocados are a pain to mess with anyway. Yeah. So like, yeah, it it was really fun. It was a bit expensive, but we were were allowed to make as many sushi as we wanted and then eat them. So just like within a time limit of the class. Yeah, it was like uh five thirty to eight, and when we started, it was around like uh, almost six thirty. So it was an hour and a half of us being able to cook and eat sushi. Which, I mean, at that point, it's basically like going to an all-you-can-eat sushi buffet, so... Yeah, well, also learning how to make it. Yeah, the only difference is you get to make it yourself, so you get to pick exactly the ingredients you want to put into it instead of ordering off a menu. Oh, yeah, and that that was godsend. I'm just, like, the first two sushi I made, though, I'm just all like, oh, these are, like, exactly what I want. I don't even know why I'd want to make the third one. I'm just going to make these ones over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so good, though. that sounds really fun. Um, speaking of fun things, there are a s- small amount of video games coming out soon. Is there? Uh, yeah, very small <laughs> amount. The upcoming releases this week are limited to say the best, I guess. Uh, we have Thursday, November 3rd is... The Chant, coming to <clears throat> PlayStation 5, Sexbox, and PC. This is a single-player, third-person, horror, action-adventure, survival-crafting game. That's a lot of things rolled up into it. Um, yeah. I mean, I like survival-crafting, but I don't much care for uh, horror. So I probably will avoid this one. It's... Uh... <laughs> trying to look at this and it's just like I don't know yeah Uh, to survive you must craft fight and escape the psychedelic horrors set loose when a ritual goes wrong and awakens a dimension of cosmic terror that's Uh, when you punch the guy who did a mistake yeah (laughs) you were supposed to say nictu not necktie (laughs) different monsters and such looks like the one monster from stranger things yeah it does kind of look a little um demigorgon-esque there that's it demigorgon and then like the the art style and stuff reminds me of the until dawn 
Yeah, it, it does sort of have a little bit of, of a vibe going along that, like, route. <clears throat> but I'll be passing. Yeah, um, I probably will be, too. I mean, there's <laughs> so many games that... that... Not, not this week, but in general, there have been a lot of games and will be a lot of games as we roll into the holiday times, the holiday releases. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, also, we have. We also have on Thursday the 3rd, The Entropy Center coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox, Xbox One, and PC. This is a an interesting looking puzzle game. A first person adventure puzzle game which has you manipulating objects backwards and forwards through time such as like rebuilding destroyed pillars and things along those lines in order to delve further into a space station orbiting a destroyed earth as the last human uh after an apocalypse uh so it looks like you know the basic conceit of this is get to the middle of the space station to the middle of the entropy center in order to reverse time and reverse the end of the human race that's uh, just a you know normal Tuesday night. Yeah, basic uh, standard sci-fi plot stuff. That reminds me of Portal, which you know, honestly is a good thing. It's like, yeah, let's get more of these puzzle sci-fi-ish stuff going on. Yeah, anytime you get these with the the less straightforward puzzle aspects, where you actually have to sort of sit and think about it and bend your mind around it, I'm pretty into it. So this one actually has a, my curiosity. Just, yeah, I say. say it's like a mixture of Portal and Stray, and I love both those games. So I'll, yeah. I'll have to keep this in mind. Yeah, that's one to keep an eye on when it does come out. See what the actual reviews end up being like. Mm, yeah, and then if also, we trust those. <laughs> well, if you aggregate enough of them and get some ideas, or you just get reviews from anyone out there who happens to be getting Entropy Center, let us know. Uh, also on Thursday the 3rd, coming to Switch only, a game called Demon Throttle by Doinksoft, which is being published by Devolver Digital, who published so many games. There's a lot listed on their website here. Um, but what's interesting about Demon Throttle, it is a very... Um, like retro-looking action arcade shooter that is only getting a physical like collector's edition release. It is not getting a digital release at all, just the cartridge. And they on the website, they're really pushing the whole this is physical only aspect of it. They, they, they list the physical only Demon Throttle for Nintendo Switch features a Switch cartridge packaged inside the Switch gameplay case with multiple textures and processes, makes a great shelf display and protects your game, sequentially numbered game packaging, reversible jacket artwork, and instruction booklet inside the shrink-wrapped game packaging. And there's some stickers. So they're like, very they proud of themselves. <laughs> which was the last thing they listed. They're very proud of themselves for doing a physical-only release of this. So, so we'll the, it looks like it would be like in between, like... NES and SNES kind of graphics, which kind of kind of it's feels little, off to me, but it is a little bit weird 
how it, it's straddling between that like 8-bit and 16-bit feel to it. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, it looks decent from what I can see. I hope that they, uh, you know, get the audience they're wanting for have, releasing just a physical version only. Yeah, I, I hope they get the audience and the, the sales out of said audience to to keep it going forward. Um, it is um, with with the big collectors like reverse sided blah 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 is retailing for 40 bucks just the single sided case is 30 so it is a a cheaper physical option there for anyone interested in picking it up from their website on what is a special reserve games which is one that i had not heard of before so i'm gonna have to poke around here in the future those are those are all thursday's games and then the next day, Friday, November 4th, Harvestella is getting its Switch and PC release. This is the Square Enix lifestyle sim RPG um, game. Like, I don't know. This is the game that I thought that Haley would be all like, oh man, I must play this. But <laughs> apparently she only cares for Harvest Moon or, or Story of Seasons now. Yeah, I mean, Story of Seasons is what started it all and what was going. I'm uh, sort of gone on to the Stardew Valley uh, train after that because, I mean, honestly, it took a lot of the original Harvest Moon, Story of Seasons elements and just, like, refined them and improved upon them and added new elements that work where the big complaint about Story of Seasons for so long has been that there's really not been a lot of evolution to the games. They're they're all fairly samey. Yeah, I mean, to some people that's all they need. So Oh yeah, certainly. I'm not Yeah. I'm fine I'm with Harvest it's... or yeah, I'm fine with freaking uh, story, story of Stardew Seasons. Valley. I'm oh. I'm fine with Stardew Valley coming up and being something new for people that want it, but it, it is nice just to have something, you know, technically new that's not literally the same thing you're playing, but it still just has the essence. It's just like, yeah, I'm just going to chill and... Yeah, I, I don't mean what I'm it. saying to uh, detract from Story of Seasons in any way. I'm just saying that for me personally, I like the Stardew Valley refinement more. Um, you know, different, uh, different tastes for different people, mm-hmm. you know, your different speeds, so... There's yes. nothing wrong with sticking with Story of Seasons. I I personally have moved on, is what I'm getting at. So yeah, for Harvestella, Square Enix game, where it is all about farming and such, but then when the winter comes is when the demons come out, and you gotta fight them and keep your town safe. It, it kind of reminds me of, like, Crystal Chronicles, but, like, what, what if they let you keep playing when you're not needing to collect the miasma? What would you be doing? <laughs> and yeah. apparently it's farming. Which... Seems interesting, kind of, you know, a, a fun a fun take on the normal uh, idea of monster hunting in a farm game like you get in some of the Story of Seasons or like Rune Factory, for example, or uh, Stardew Valley itself, where you, you get the options between are you going to farm or do monster slaying? Having it set into more of a regimented, like, uh, seasonal system like that, I think is a, is a fun little 
advancement, a little a little personalized twist to make Harvestella's stand apart a little bit more with that yeah. extra focus on the RPG combat nice. side. Yeah, because, like, I mean, that's actually something that, like, took me a bit off of Stardew Valley. It was just, like, I could be doing anything every day, but I was like, oh, but I still need a far farm, and then that ends up taking most of the day, and then I got to determine what do I want to do, and it's anxiety-inducing. Just like, no, nah, man, let's just have Harvestella and be all like, here's your calendar. Go do stuff on these days. Plant during the spring something something in the summer harvest in the autumn and then monster hunt in the yeah. winter and like it shows that there's fishing and of course there's interacting with people and fun cutscenes it, it looks like it's actually a pretty fun game i i'm not gonna get just because there's already games on my list that i need to get instead but i'm begging you if there's anyone listening to this that gets this game please tell me how it is i really want to know yeah, I I am in that boat too. I am super curious how this game actually turns out because yeah, there's so many other games coming out or that it have come out that I'm playing that this is lower down on the priority list, but that's not to say that it doesn't look very interesting. So, if you are getting Harvestella, drop us a note. There is a demo out now that you can download i'm assuming for both steam and switch so if you're interested and don't have anything else to do right now go ahead and try the demo too yeah for sure and uh, let us know i I don't have time for the demo because i'm doing a whole (laughs) bunch of other stuff but if you have time for the demo then play it for me (laughs) oh man i'm not gonna have any time next month we have nanorimo coming up yep all kinds of super nice for NaNoWriMo to be right in the middle of the holiday season when there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on too yeah and like the other one is like June it's like I guess that's during the summer but like it could still be busy why isn't there one in like March February or something yeah yeah that's the thing when it's June it's nice weather I want to be going around enjoying the nice weather not sitting punching (laughs) out words on a keyboard or writing in a a bring a journal to the beach and have fun Uh, I'll just you know what I'll skip the beach (laughs) entirely just bring the journal got it yeah I'd rather do like uh you know walking around forests or going on bike rides or stuff like that yeah, well, unfortunately, we are getting into winter where that's not I mean, an option you, you, anymore. You can still do it, depending on the weather. <laughs> not here. I ain't bike riding in this weather, I'll tell you that. No, bike riding, no, but maybe, like, hiking. <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible to go out for walks and stuff. It's not, it hasn't gotten, it's it's crisp. It's not cold, Crispy. which is nice. Crispy. So uh, but those are all the, the upcoming games. releases. Yeah. Yep. Let us know what you think about them, Mark. Are you planning on getting any? Uh, if so, definitely tell us how it is. I'm interested. I mean, I'm technically interested in all of these to see how they are. So, yeah, any one of them, let us know for sure. Then, um, speaking of weekly things that we do, we got the weekly bomb. <clears throat> there were eh, again. It is a little bit of a quiet season right now. There's not been huge megaton announcements but there have been some interesting developments very interesting um, kind yeah, of yeah quite <laughs> could 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 end up being interesting how about that do you want to start with yours uh yeah sure uh the one that i brought forward for our discussion zyber is uh you'll remember a couple weeks ago we talked about i brought forward mm-hmm. that cd project red 
had announced a gamut of projects that they were working on under a bunch of different code names set across their Witcher projects franchise, I guess would be the better word, the the Witcher franchise and the Cyberpunk franchise. Yep. We've gotten a little bit more clarification. One of those, the Project Canis, has been confirmed to be a complete ground-up remake, entirely new remake of the very first Witcher game uh, in an Unreal Engine 5. So this is, I think, Zyber, going to be... Uh, yeah, Unreal Engine 5 is the latest uh, engine for Unreal. We definitely lost Zyber. His internet has fully died. I don't know how much of this is going to stay in... Hello. The... Oh, you're back! <laughs> I just I was rambling, so you can edit out whatever of me going, Hi, Zyber, are you there? That you'd like. Uh, we'll keep... No, I'll look into it. Yeah, I lost the internet completely. I saw that. You completely signed out. That's... Yeah, I had not, to close out Discord, too. Not ideal. Yeah. Um, your recording's all good? Yeah, it's good. So anyway, um, I was asking, is this the latest Unreal Engine? Yes, Unreal Engine <laughs> 5 is the latest release Unreal Engine um, and engine that they have put out it's got all the the fancy bells and whistles with the lighting and the physics and all that fancy stuff and this remake itself of the first witcher i think is very exciting for fans of the witcher because quite frankly the first witcher is nigh unplayable these days that's how old and like their first projecty it it is because so them cut yeah, people say that like the third one is really the first like really amazing game from them. Yeah, like Witcher 2 existed and is fine and the only reason to really play it is because there are story beats in Witcher 3 that reference back to Witcher 2, but otherwise a lot of people are just like, "Ah, eh, just pick up Witcher 3, you're fine." I guess it reminds um, me of how like, you know, I've never heard anything about the first two uh, Elder Scroll games. Yeah, which, again, it, you don't need to play those first two. There's lore items there, but otherwise they're very, very early 90s style. Hard to pl- go back and play. Now. It's like going back and playing the first uh, Fallout, the first two Fallout games, where, yeah, they're around, they're good games for the time, but they're good games for the time. So you have to take it with that bit of, you know, grain of salt. Whereas the first Witcher is kind of not particularly even a super great game for the time. A lot of people have even come out and said, like a lot of what it was sold on was the the lore and the fact that it was based off of, I forget his name because it's a hard to pronounce Polish name, uh, his books. Um, but this this is going to be a good chance for people to experience that early part of at least the Witcher game universe. Because uh, they are bringing back a bunch of veteran uh, Witcher series staff into the project. So they have a lot of people that were involved in the original production of this game coming and working on the remake. So that's cool. That, that I think does it, actually I think... remind me of 
Uh, there was a Casper the Friendly Ghost video game on the PS1, and I was like replaying it and looking up a guide. Uh, this was like near the end of the PS2's lifetime is when I was doing this, and I saw someone did a review of the game like around that time. They were just like complaining about how awful it looked and such like that. And I'm just like, you know, this is a PS1 <laughs> game, right? What are you expecting? Yeah, you have to remember that it's going to look... You have to judge it against the looks of the time in which it was released, not against the modern thing. Now, the remake, sure, judge that against modern contemporaries all you want. It's yeah. going to be a remake. So yeah, I, I was wondering for the remake, like, were they going to, you know, have the engine different, but try to recreate it exactly as it is otherwise, but it sounds like they probably shouldn't do that, <laughs> based on what you've said. Yeah, I think they're, it's supposed to be a, a, a complete ground up rebuild, so... You know, the engine's going to be different a lot. I would hope that they would update a lot of the combat and stuff like that to be more streamlined for modern gamer expectations, but it will still be the first Witcher game remade. So, Similar probably. aspect to the Final Fantasy VII remake, except probably keeping the same story. Probably a little bit less um, fan fiction-y, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good. Um, it's interesting all these projects that they have because, like, haven't they just been basically doing one game at a time prior? Uh, pretty much, but they've also now, with the renewed success of Cyberpunk after Edge Runners kind of gave them a, a, a second wind mm -hmm. on Cyberpunk, they've they've gotten a little bit more. They've got multiple studios under CD Projekt Red, the, the overall umbrella, so they have the ability to work on all of these, which is encouraging for the company. Yeah, well, let's see if they're able to come up with a great game at the release of the game. Hopefully, hopefully. But I think the rough, the, the further details that Project Canis is a Witcher remake and the, just the fact that they are remaking the first one for people who missed it and, quite frankly, are never going to go back to play that first one. This is a good chance for people to get it. So I would say that this is the bomb. Yeah, I'll go with that. It's, I mean, it's definitely a game that warrants getting remake. So, yeah, the bomb. Yeah. What about you? What do you bring as a news article for us to talk about? All right. So as <laughs> I can't really call myself a comic nerd, but as a... Media, Sup media Super that comics have moved to, kind of nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Superhero nerd, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Um, it was announced that uh, James Gunn is going to be with uh, Peter Safran, co-CEOs of the uh, DC. What was it? DC Studios, basically. Uh, yeah. This is one that's going to be in charge of. Uh, it's a new division at War Bros that will replace DC Films and oversee DC's film, TV, and animation projects. And so, like, as we've heard, like, you know, how Batgirl was canceled and just the state of the DC movies in general is just really, really bad. <laughs> if but... you're not Batman, you're not going to have a successful movie. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we see, like, you know, 
Joker and the latest The Batman are movies that have been outside of this already, and they're going to remain outside of it, is what we're told. Which is fine, because, you know, I actually am liking that these are separated from the DC Extended Universe, and they're doing their own thing, and I'm liking their own thing. Uh, especially yeah, if you want to see Joker 2, which apparently involves being a musical and Lady Gaga. Yes, please. Sounds, just sounds wild. <laughs> So and I I gotta I gotta agree with you there. Keeping the Batman uh, chronology or whatever universe, what I, I, we throw around the word universe for all of these so much, but keeping keeping the Batman separate seems good because that that just was its own tone that's not gonna fit in with a a bigger universe. And uh-huh. then Joker has the same thing; it has its own set tone, especially with it being you know R rated in general is is would make it weird to try and mesh in i think yeah so i i I agree i think that keeping those separate is a smart choice here because like with the batman they're they technically is an origin story of batman learning of what he how he wants to be as a superhero and i'm really excited to see how it goes on and so it would suck if it was just you know maybe a second movie of him and then moving on to including other things outside of Gotham. Just like, well, no, I really want to just see Gotham. Allow me to, allow me to do that. Yeah. I really liked that the Batman, as you said, it was an origin story of him becoming the icon of Batman. And it was, you know, it wasn't an origin story for Batman. One, we've seen that rehashed so many times. We do not need to see the Waynes die on screen anymore. So it skipped all of that and was like, yeah, he is being Batman, but he isn't. He's learning how to be Batman. Yeah. And I, I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. Yeah. So I, 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 lo- I do really want to see how that continues to evolve. So I'm glad that they aren't even, you know, they're planning on continuing it and not just canning that little subsection with this new. Yes. And so why am I excited for specifically James Gunn being co-CEO uh, it's because I am loving the superhero movies he's done he he's done Guardians of the Galaxy which is one of my favorite uh, IPs of the Marvel universe uh, he did the Suicide Suicide God <laughs> that one that one them guys would, would die <laughs> he did the Suicide Squad which was the second movie of the Suicide Squad movies and I, I mean, I didn't even bother watching the first one because I've heard how bad it was. But the second one, like, is good. Definitely not for everyone because it is a rated R gory movie, but it is really yeah. good. And so, like, he, he, you know, calls himself a comic book nerd and such like that. Like, he knows how to do these things. And so, like, having someone in charge like that is great. And then they got the Saf- Peter Saffron to be more the businessman side of it. And, like, if the two of them can work together which it sounds like they are going to be able to work together it sounds like a really good deal and so i'm excited to have james gunn be all like all right let me see how these movies are going do magic kind of stuff i mean it's not going to be you know the director of everything but just dc movies in general have been so bad the only ones i've enjoyed have been shazam and the suicide squad I've actually heard Black Adam, which came out recently, has like pretty good audience review. So, but we plan on waiting until it's on HBO to watch that. So, 
Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I, I don't really go to out to theaters anymore either. Yeah. So the um the like comparison that a lot of articles have been making, and I think it's a very valid comparison to make, is that James Gunn is stepping into the Kevin Feige like role for DC that Dang, that's uh, how you Feige, pronounce his that, name. Is it is it Feige Feige? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, Something like that. I was always pronouncing it as Feige. <laughs> no, it's definitely like I think it's Feige actually. Uh, um, interesting. But he has that. He's not directing the films specifically. He's directing the overall, you know, the cinematic universe for Marvel, and yeah. that's the similar role that that uh, James Gunn will be taking here for DC is directing the overall cinematic universe that they're going to put together. And honestly, they've been needing this for years. I've, I've said this for a long time. They need someone to take a central creative visionary role to have everything sort of, you know, get their different flavors, but still be centrally tied into an idea yeah, you can't they, you can't just have all these separate movies and be all like, oh yeah, they're they're totally gonna fit together. Yeah, you need at least one coordinator for all of that, and they finally have now finalized who that will be. It'll be James Gunn. So like, the only sad thing to me is that he's most likely not gonna be you know continuing Guardians of the Galaxy or any Marvel movies. So well, the when the, when yeah. the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie comes out, I'm definitely going to be excited to watch it. But it'll be sad that, yeah, he's he's probably done with Marvel if he's going to be a DC CEO. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has, in fact, said that he doesn't want to work with Disney anymore. That is and true, yeah. Marvel is Disney now, so All there right. you go. Make, make DC good, then. Good? <laughs> Do it. It's going to be an uphill battle, so we'll see how that goes, but... Because there was a point when I was a kid where, besides Spider-Man, I was all into the DC superheroes. And then well, the that thing, flipped around. The The thing is, is that the M- the MCU, the like live-action Marvel films, have always been stellar. And the DCAU, the animated universe, is where DC's strength has been. Because the animated yeah. universe for Superman and Batman and the, the the Justice League shows and all of that, those are stellar. But they're cartoon shows. Yeah, they're like, not. I, I they're still... not released as as full on theatrical releases. They're released as DVD releases, like home video releases and stuff like that. And that's a completely different approach to. Yeah, like if you were if you happen to have HBO Max and you go to their DC section, I am shocked by how many anime movies there are. I'm just like, I didn't know any of these existed. Oh yeah, there's a bunch and. Eh, Honestly, some of the more recent stuff has been a little bit market saturation as opposed to a lot of the earlier stuff that was just really good. Yeah, it seems like they're all like, we have these new things going on in comics. We need to get them out into an animated form as soon as possible. So, but, eh, what are you going to do? Watch them, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, I am, I can't see this being a bomb so I, I I think it's gonna be the bomb. I'm really excited for this. Like make make me love being interested in DC again. 
Yeah, I'm I'm like kind of honestly speaking kind of lukewarm on James Gunn himself, but it is definitely the bomb that there is someone being the central visionary for DC cuz again, they've needed it for a long while. And also like with all the discovery crap going on, I'm hoping that this will help protect DC from from discovery. Yeah, cuz that's been a mess. It, yeah. It's been its own mess. So yeah. we'll we'll see going forward. I I assume. I mean, we we saw the the complete and utter cancellation and canning of the Batgirl movie, which happened right before James Gunn stepped in. So he's again got an uphill battle ahead of him for putting the DC movie verse together. So we'll see how that goes. Yes. That is uh, the the bombs. And on to more weekly things. We'll be on our album of the week review, which I listened to this week, but I guess Zyber, you didn't get a chance. I was a naughty boy this week. Tisk tisk. Um, this week we had "If I Could Make It Go Quiet" by Girl in Red, that was submitted by Discord user Luz Nasela. Um, so this, this is someone who became popular through TikTok, is that right? Uh, that's what I was understanding from a lot of the other conversation that was happening around this on the Discord. Um, which, I mean, I do not mean this in a negative way, I mean this in a completely obs- observation-y kind of way. It sounds like something that would have gotten popular on TikTok. <laughs> and that, I... I Genuinely don't mean that bad. I just mean that it has that kind of like catchy snippetiness that that lends itself to those types of videos. That kind of reminds me of how like Justin Bieber started off on YouTube and then like just randomly got popular or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm never going to begrudge someone that starts off on the internet and gets very popular. <clears throat> uh, but this didn't do it for me. I can't say that I disliked it i can't say that i hated it but i also can't say that i liked it um her actual like the, the music put together it was fine it was good it was great it wasn't personally for me um she does have a uh use of um the auto-tuning vocals which has its place and she utilizes it very well but it's not the kind of thing that i usually go for mm-hmm. i get that yeah yeah, like again, music was good. Music wasn't for me. There are certainly a lot of people that this is going to do it for. This is going to be right up, you know, someone's alley. I mean, obviously it's up Luz's alley. Uh, there were a couple of other people that said that they really like it in the Discord. So I don't want to give it a negative impression. I just want to be honest about my impression. Yeah, I probably wouldn't <laughs> listen to more of it. Well, and uh, if I'm being perfectly bluntly honest, a lot of it has to deal with just my overall stress levels currently, which is why we're rolling into that hiatus. So listening to this right now, right when I'm like, man, I could use a break. Not bad timing, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I know when we first did the album of the week, I initially was just all like, yeah, I enjoy most music. And then I started listening to people's album choices. And I'm just like, man. I'm, like, not liking any of these albums. 
Uh, I don't enjoy as much music as I thought I did. Yeah. So with the <laughs> revival here, besides this latest one that I haven't listened to, I was just like, hey, I'm actually enjoying all of these. That's that's nice. That's nice. But I totally get that. Yeah, there is just some music that, you know, it's just not your thing. And so yeah. it's just like, I'm sorry, I can't really praise or criticize it. I just know that I don't like it. Yeah, it's uh, there's no accounting for taste, right, Cyber? Yep. And in, mean, and of course, mean that in in the the most blasé way possible. People are going to like different things. All right. Well, if you enjoy the Luz no Sede, please uh, get your pitchforks out. I will meet you at Dag's house in about uh, uh, three weeks. Loses the the Discord user. Oh, sorry. Girl in Red is the artist here. Girl in Red. Girl in Red is not in caps, so I did not recognize it as a name. That's yeah, totally not, on the, you. The style. <laughs> well, just stylistically, this is how it is. This is how the the album and and the uh, artist name are presented, all in lower lowercase letters. All so, right. Well, you know. if you really like Girl in Red, get your pitchforks out. I'll meet you at my house too stab myself for that mistake i don't know with with the pitchforks i guess yes i'll just jump from the roof uh you can either carry me or get your pitchforks hats it's up to you to decide my fate wow that's a lot of power you're placing in their hands uh i like feeling the power (laughs) uh let's let's wrap up the the last year the final episode of season what are we on season four i don't even remember it is season four yes yep final episode of season four of the bombers podcast we will wrap up with everyone's favorite segment of the show bombers notebook oh wait no that's not it no i said everyone's favorite segment of the show bombastic news everyone's favorite segment of the show we didn't we didn't, we didn't do drinks and foods and we did an impromptu drinks and foods, actually. That's true. Yeah, the tortellini. You you ate tortellini. Tortelloni. No, uh, tortelloni. You know what? I'm tortellonely. <laughs> All right, let's go to minish recap. <laughs> nice mouthful of food there. Yeah, minish recap. Uh, our last little bit of what we've done recently. Uh, I re- uh, bought a, a little while ago. They came out with uh, some. Magic the Gathering commander decks that were all Warhammer 40k themed. There were four of them that they released, and I purchased all four of them because I have a problem, I guess. You have a problem. I have a problem. But you know what? I got them, and earlier this week, Rumor came over, and we sat down and played a game using two of the decks. Um, I played as Chaos, and he played as Necron. That will mean something to some people out there. And it was very fun. I mean, Magic is fun to get... I haven't played Magic in years, so it was kind of fun to get back into that. And the decks themselves were, like, very well-themed around the specific factions that were pulled from Warhammer 40k. So they did a really good job of translating the feel of those specific armies from the 40k tabletop into an actual playable magic deck on in, in a card tabletop. So I just wanted to give some praise to the magic card designers for actually pulling off something that 
translated from one game system to another. Good job. Yeah, it's always fun to see the game compilation, whatever. <laughs> Two games being <laughs> yeah. combined into one crossover. There we go. Crossing over games. Yeah. <laughs> Crossovers like Crossovers. that. Yeah, it is It is neat to see those, like, how how will this translate to, how will this from this system translate to this from this other system? And at least with Chaos and Necrons, they did a good job and made the armies feel like the lore of the armies. That reminds me, That's... recently the Final Fantasy XIV creator was all like, yeah, I'd do a Kingdom Hearts crossover, except that I would want to also have Final Fantasy XIV being crossed over into Kingdom Hearts. And it's like, oh, okay, so it's based, it requires Disney. Well, so it's not going to happen. Yeah. So what that guy falls down to. So he did that with Final Fantasy XV too. There, there's a 15, then 14, and then there's a 14 stuff you can do in 15. Which... Yeah, again, those those little bits of crossovers are, I mean, they're fun. I like them. Yeah. Any, I mean, look at look at the popularity of Smash Brothers, the biggest crossover event in the entirety of video games. I thought that was or Kingdom perhaps Hearts. in the. In, no, you go, there's Kingdom Hearts is wild, but it's not the biggest. <laughs> Smash Brothers is definitely the biggest. It's always fun when I read like top 10 crossovers in video games and the game has game of hearts is on the list and i go oh yeah it is uh, yeah, technically they mostly have forgotten about that in recent times but yeah yeah well uh, it's a shame it's fun that you had fun probably spent a ton of money because you know as as they say parents get your kids addicted to warhammer 40k because then they won't have any money for drugs yeah, my my drug or my drug of gathering is, any of those. Yeah, they they combined the two big parents get your kids involved in, so they don't have money for drugs, of magic and warhammer. Oh no, the world is ending. Uh, how about you? Any good uh, fun ministry cap items? Well, besides the sushi making that I already talked about, um. Uh, Gotham Knights came out last week, and so Haley and I have been playing that as much as possible. And I really, am curious what I, I want you to tell me about this game. How is it? All right, so the game involves Batman dying. Yep. And then, and you got uh, Robin, which is the third Robin, <laughs> Red Hood, which was the second Robin, Nightwing, which was the first Robin, and Batgirl. You got the four of those people now as the playable characters, and they're just all like, "How do we deal with a Gotham that Batman no longer is in?" Is is in? <laughs> and so, like, that's already you know very interesting right there. At first, they're all like, "We got to figure out what Batman was up to," and then they're like, "Wait, wait, uh, Gotham is kind of turning into a." hellscape we should probably try to fix that and so like you can play as any of the four people you can switch up between uh doing stuff at night because basically it's kind of mission based where uh you have nights where you go out and do patrols you can take out crime you can do story missions and then once you're done with those, you gotta return back to the home base where it's then daytime. You talk about what you've done, uh, find out new stuff you can do, and then it's nighttime again. It's like a cycle right there that you do. So you can't just 
do everything in one night kind of stuff which is already to me way better than the concept of the arkham games just like are you really saying that all these things happens in one night in these games yeah a little bit much going on in those other arkham games yeah. for sure and then the four characters of course they got abilities they can unlock from leveling up and getting ability points to put into the abilities and so then they play differently uh, I, re I enjoy playing as Robin. He is a very stealthy person. Uh, I saw someone online say that he is more similar to uh, to Batman, actually, with doing all the stealthy such. Uh, then Haley plays as Nightwing because that's her favorite character. And he actually is like a fast-paced action person, more akin to Spider-Man for combat-wise stuff, like, you know, from the latest Spider-Man games. He's just missing the stealth aspect of the Spider-Man games, which is what Robin has. That's neat. I like that they actually gave different flavors to the characters instead of having them be essentially clones of each other with different oh, yeah. movesets. And like, having them have different play styles is, is awesome. And they all have different personalities, so going through the cutscenes, uh, you know, I've she's seeing me playing as robin and i'm seeing her play as nightwing so one of the first things that happens i was watching her play as nightwing and like he went to go talk to someone and he gets to the scene and he finds that the person is dead is being wheeled away into an ambulance he just goes oh shit and then <laughs> and then i play that scene as robin who is 16 years old and he's just all like Oh no! Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they they have these different experiences. Such uh, based on who you're playing, one of the other characters will be on you know the com talking to them and such, and so like it's nice. And then of course it's a Batman game, so it involves a bunch of the villains. It involves Easter eggs talking about things from the Batman universe. Uh, there's an email section that you just get new emails every now and then, and it shows like some of the characters from outside of the Batman universe. Like they had the Teen Titans and Young Justice people, you know, saying their condolences about Batman dying in the emails, and so you got nice. all those Easter eggs. And so I'm loving the game. I'm always just like, yeah, I can't wait to play it again. But there's definitely a lot of issues with the game, though. Sadly. Oh, really? So. Oh, no. Gameplay-wise, uh, there's a lot of stiff stuff. I noticed that, like, I'll be running, and then I'll apparently run into a wall and just come to a complete stop. And, like, that's when I'm, like, you know, running at an angle towards the wall. And, you know, most games, they would just be like, all right, we're just going to have you, like, you know, slide against the wall kind of thing. And this game, no, you just come to a complete stop as if you just ran perpendicularly into the wall. Hmm. And there's just a lot of similar things to that. So there's a lot of times where uh, they have the uh, like the the hook shot kind of stuff where you can sling up to roofs. So a lot of times I'm actually swinging around like Spider-Man practically. Uh, but <laughs> um, if you don't like see the reticle indicating that yes, this is the building I'm gonna go to there's a lot of times where it just automatically has you go to something behind you instead i'm just like no that's not the direction i want to go weird yeah i'm just like i'd rather it be where i have to you know have the reticle appear instead of this we'll just send you where you're technically able to go instead of where you're pointing at interesting now would you say with with it having the four different characters that you you know you know pick between per mission and stuff does that 
incentivize picking one character for a playthrough and then doing four different playthroughs or are there actual bonuses in a single playthrough to picking different characters as you're going through so gameplay wise uh, as you're leveling a character the other characters also level up so you can switch between them and you'll still have the more ability points to put into their abilities and such and i also noticed that uh, there's different costumes weapons and ranged weapons that you can uh, build or collect and so I played for Robin for a very long time, and then I finally decided to just switch between the other characters just for the fun of it. I, n- I didn't actually play as them, though. And I saw that, yeah, they get the ability points so I could put them into their abilities. And they also did actually get a bunch of the weapons and costumes so they can have the higher defense and strength automatically. I don't have to craft things for them or go beat up enemies to try to find them. So it's definitely easy to be able to switch between them if you want to. Uh, story-wise, uh, we actually pref- want to just play as one person at a time, basically, just so that we can see how they are in these cutscenes. Because, like, if we switch between them, then we're just we're gonna get someone else's view, and it's not uh, it's not a uh, level select kind of game, so we can't just go back and as a different person and redo an area. So as far as you're in now, would you be inclined to do a second playthrough as another character to get those other views? Or is it enough of the same scene between your cutscenes and the cutscenes Haley have been getting where it's not going to be worth it? I think if you are actually interested in their characters, like if you're a big Batman universe fan, uh, then I think it is worth it. I haven't finished the game to figure out if there's like, you know, a... Uh, new game plus hopefully there is it seems like that kind of game so if there is and that's incentivizes us to replay it at some point to do that uh, at least there is two of us so then we technically only have to replay it twice if we only play as different characters yeah that does make it easier with there being two of you <laughs> yeah but like you know besides just seeing their interactions there isn't actually a reason to play four different times and, of course, there's also the big issue of, like, yeah, this is a co-op game. Uh, actually, specifically, Nightwing has abilities based on playing with another person. Like, he's able to revive the second player and stuff like that. Well, the issue is, it's not couch co-op. It's only online, and it's not cr- it's not cross-platform. So you have to either be both Ugh. playing on a PS5, both playing on a PC, or both playing on an Xbox one or series, I, I guess, because they are on both of those. <laughs> it's it's Boo. it's not on the PS4, so we can't play together. Man, that's very frustrating. Yeah, and like we've heard, like playing playing with another person can be pretty interesting. So it's pretty sad that we're missing out on this. Yeah, sounds fun. I mean. Yeah, it's really sad going online and seeing that there's actually people outright hoping that this game fails because it's not an Arkham game. Well, people are dumb. Uh, it's, it's terrible. I'm just like, guys, this game isn't actually bad. It might not be as good as... I mean, it, go, go I, I, can't even, <laughs> I can't even say that it might not be as good as Arkham games because, I mean, there's different games. They're not. It's not supposed to be an Arkham game. So it, is it even a spiritual successor to the Arkham games, or it, does it in fact 
kind of standalone. I mean, it's supposed to be standalone, and I'd say that it it is. It's actually pretty similar to the Spider-Man games, which I absolutely loved. People, nice. I saw people online being all like, "Oh, but like you don't have all the gadgets and such to do combos with." And I'm just all like, "I'm playing as Robin. I have a ton of gadgets. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about." <laughs> I imagine that changes depending on which character you're playing as. Yeah. So, like, every complaint I've seen has been something like that, something about the graphics. I'm just like, are we really still complaining about graphics here? <laughs> it's not even that bad yeah, looking of a game to me. Or just, uh, oh, no, it's at 30 FPS. Okay, well. As long as it can consistently hit 30 FPS, who cares? And to me, it has been. There you go. Yeah, it's just all these just uh, small things that people are just like, look, it's a bad game. I'm just like, wow, apparently every game must be bad then based on that. Yeah, people are such nitpickers these days, unfortunately. Yeah. And like, yeah, so there are issues that like I've talked about, but it's not enough for me to be like oh i hate this game why am i playing it it's not like sonic 06 (laughs) that's a low bar to get over (laughs) i know but yeah it's not it's not it's not a bad game yeah well i'm glad to hear that i'm glad to hear that yins are having fun with it you'll have to keep me updated on that as we go through the hiatus here Mm -hmm. and I guess, guess it's about yeah, time to that, start that hiatus, huh? Yeah, it's, a, it's about hiatus time. So we will see everyone out there on the Bombers Discord, which will remain running for the community throughout the hiatus here. And we'll catch up with you whenever we return in 2023. Wow, time is passing, Cyber. Keeps on slipping. Doesn't, doesn't stop. Slipping. Slipping into the future. Yep, okay, bye. Uh.